Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today for a bonus episode with authors Abby Rodriguez and Jennifer Cordilla. Abby and Jennifer are the co-authors of Root and Nourish, an herbal cookbook for women's wellness, where they teach women how to incorporate plant medicine into everyday life through food and self-care, as well as mindfulness and holistic lifestyle practices. Today, we'll discuss various topics from their book, embracing single tasking to support overall health, befriending single plants in your diet, herbs and spices for balance, and more. For those of you that are new around here, I do release bonus episodes every so often, and they aren't for everyone. I totally get it. So if this is not what you're looking for, join me back here next Tuesday for a conversation about Swedish death cleaning that you do not want to miss. And then as always, if you have not done so yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review, and that is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. Since this is a bonus episode, I'm not going to share what I've been minimizing because I did that on Tuesday's episode with Rachel Brinke. Check that one out if you haven't done so yet. And let's just get into it. Here's my conversation with Abby and Rachel of Root and Nourish. Abby and Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you, Diane. It's nice to be with you. I'm excited to talk to both of you today. I have to say from the get-go, I just 
Love your cookbook. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yes. So your cookbook really takes us back to basics. And I think that's what everyone kind of looks for at the beginning of a new year. How can we do things in a fresher way, in a more simplistic way? So I'm excited to dive into our conversation today. But before we get there, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Sounds great. Yeah. Um, Abby here. I can go first. My name's Abby and I have a food blog called the butter half. And through that, you know, through a series of just learning more about myself and my own health and wellness, I have learned that I have celiac disease, which is how I got into holistic nutrition and herbalism. And originally when I had started the blog, it was in 2015 and I was you know, a young mom with lots of little babies and, and kids. And, you know, I was not feeling great. Um, and around 2017, I went to the doctor and had this full workup. And they're like, yeah, you have celiac disease and, you know, multiple autoimmune diseases. And so it was really eye-opening for me to just see how much our nutrition and what we're putting into our bodies and, and more than just that, like how we are living our lives and the amount of stress, especially as a mom, that was something for me that I really wanted to dive into. And so focused on that. And so through that, I became you know, a certified holistic nutritionist, got my herbalism certification. And, uh, you know, Jennifer and I actually met through my other business, Tastemaker Conference. And, um, you know, we were able to partner that way. We actually met before through the butter half, but then she came and spoke at the conference about writing a cookbook and, you know, had, had talked to me about that. And it came out to the point where we were like, Oh, you know, what if we ended up writing a cookbook together? And so that is the little story, you know, of our meet cute, but I'll let Jennifer introduce herself and, and add the rest of the story there. And so I actually started my career in publishing, which is where the meet cute, as Abby puts it, um, happened between she and I, because I was a young editor in New York and uh, I was looking for projects and I came across Abby's blog. I was at the time um, newly vegan. Um, I had been vegetarian for several years, but I was newly vegan and looking around for different inspirations and Abby's blog, even though it wasn't vegan um, or plant-based necessarily, but it just came up in my internet research and she was so compelling and wrote about food in such a great way that I reached out to her and my own publishing journey uh, sort of took a few twists and turns along the way in those years, I wound up leaving publishing to pursue uh, work as a yoga teacher. So I had been doing um, a yoga certification um, while I was working in publishing. And after feeling a little bit burnt out with that job and that industry, I moved more to the holistic health space. And through yoga, I found Ayurveda, um, which is uh, a traditional Indian-based medical system that's still practiced in India today as sort of the regular medical system. And Ayurveda really helps me heal my long-term digestive and hormonal um, imbalances. And it became such a, a lifestyle that I was so committed to that about our own health journeys. And as she mentioned, we decided to work on this book together and sort of pair our expertise, uh, mine in Ayurveda and yoga and plant-based cooking and Abby's and Western herbalism and gluten-free cooking. And all of those 
various uh, ingredients, as it were, came together in this really interesting and beautiful way that we found through our our collaboration and just putting our heads together really addressed a lot of key issues that many women that we worked with or knew in our personal lives, friends and family were facing. And that became the structure of the book. Absolutely. And I love how you both came together and used your strengths in writing this book. I just, I really do enjoy seeing women partner up and team up in this way. That said, I want to pick both of your brains here. I have no exact track, I'll say, for how this podcast is going to go. There were just some thoughts that I pulled out of your book that I wanted to address. So my first question for you both would be, how do we embrace what you call single tasking to support overall health? And so I guess what I really mean by that is how do we hone in our focus and become more intentional in the little things that we're doing each day? So I think that single tasking uh, as sort of the opposite of multitasking is a little bit more in the conversation these days um, as we're all overwhelmed by so many more things than even it seemed like we could be um, before the pandemic. And single tasking in, in our language and our sort of philosophy is really a practice of mindfulness. And mindfulness is a lot of connotations um, that we don't have to necessarily get into, but when we really allowing our attention using our five senses um, in a very sort of physical, gross, basic way can help to allow those experiences, whether it's eating a meal or having a conversation or looking at the sunrise or, you know, paying attention to your kids. Um, All of these experiences can be more fully digested on a sort of mental, spiritual, psychological level, but also a physical level when we're giving our whole attention to them. And that's one of the foundational principles that we use when talking about food in the cookbook of how we can pay attention to our meals and not eat with distraction. So not eating while watching TV or checking email or working, or even sometimes talking, you know, socializing over meals can all take away from our body's ability to digest the food that we're actually eating. And whether it's edible food or experiential food, all of these are different sources of nourishment that our body takes a lot of information from to help us stay alive and to stay healthy. And so if our digestion is not really complete because of distraction, then we're ultimately not getting good nutrition, good regular nutrition, which can over time start to accumulate and cause health problems. And so thinking about single tasking as a way of supporting digestion of all of our experiences can really bring it back to a sort of essential, an essential thing that is not sort of a luxury or being selfish or indulgent. We do so much better with everything that we do when we're only focused on one thing at a time. That's what our bodies and brains were sort of evolved to do, not um, our very distracted and busy world that we live in right now. Yeah. What comes to mind for me, you know, from the motherhood perspective of single tasking, I think that can be extremely difficult, especially if, you know, you're a working mom or, you know, just even just a stay at home mom, it's, there's a lot of things to do all the time. And so in my mind, I look at that through the lens of boundaries. I think when we set firm boundaries, it allows us space to single task and really give our devotion and time and energy to that thing, just as, as Jennifer said. So I think it's, it's, it's the same concept, maybe just using different terminologies. And for me, that's just a good daily mantra of here's my boundary for this task that I want to give time to. And that way, you know, I'm setting up my day so that I'm, I'm still doing the things I need to do and feeling good about it, but in a way that feels mindful and present. 
Absolutely. Okay. So maybe you both will disagree with this, but when I'm home during the day, I usually don't eat lunch with my children. So I'll wait until they take their quiet time just so I can enjoy my lunchtime, my meal. And I'm sure some moms are listening and would disagree with that just because maybe that's a time when they can be together with their children. But for me, I just really like to be able to sit down, relax, and I feel like in the past when I've sat there with my kids, you end up getting up, overeating then or overeating later in the day. Does that make sense? Totally. And I actually have quite a few friends who, Mm -hmm. who do the same thing. And again, it's almost creating that, that boundary for yourself and realizing that it's okay to do that. Because I think as you perhaps feel, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I experience a lot of mom guilt because of the shoulds and the woulds and the coulds, you know, all those words and and thinking about, well, maybe I should be sitting with my kid and spending more time with them. But I think that it's okay to give ourselves permission to say, no, I need this time for myself to be able to digest my food, take a moment for myself so that I have the energy and ability and desire to be more fully present and energized when I am with my kids. So, I mean, I think that's actually a great idea. Yes, I absolutely agree. And, you know, that moment that you're talking about is really helpful in redefining what self-care means um, for all people, for women especially, because self-care right now has sort of exploded into this idea of uh, sort of luxury or indulgence or um, extravagance, you know, things that you need to go outside and like pay a lot of money for that sort of inaccessible, but something as simple as eating your meals in a quiet space for 15 minutes or 10 minutes, you know, something like that can be is self care. Um, it's the most fundamental form of self care. And so when we're bombarded with these issues, with these messages saying that, Oh, we need more self care. We need more self care, but it's like, I can't afford to go on a vacation or, you know, afford financially or from the responsibilities of my life. I can't take the time for that um, or have the resources to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you perhaps can take, you know, 10 or 15 minutes at one point, during your day for a mindful meal and start there. If you grew up on frozen pizza rolls, you're going to love snow days. They've got all the same salty, tomatoey, gooey goodness with an ingredient list that reads more like a salad. Snow days only includes essential ingredients, no chemicals, no preservatives, no ingredients that you can't pronounce. All three of my kids gobble them up at lunchtime, which is really okay with me because I know that they're receiving a nutritious meal full of high quality organic ingredients. I'll be honest, there have been a handful of times I've even made them for myself as a late night snack. Just don't tell my kids. Snow Days comes in three flavors, classic cheese, veggie white, and sausage. Use the code MINIMALIST to save $15 off your first order at snowdays.com slash minimalist. That's snowdays.com slash minimalist. No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With Armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special. And Armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, Armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try Armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite armoire looks. 
looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home threads, love where you live. All right, so shifting gears here, I told you I did not have a cohesive track when I was coming up with these questions, just pulling things from your book that were intriguing to me. And at one point you talk about connecting to nature through befriending plants. So what do you mean by that exactly? Here's the thing with plant-based diets. I feel like a lot of times, and especially as a parent or a mom, it can feel overwhelming to be like, I want to eat this way. And so, you know, Jennifer and I, have two different perspectives on this. And I think that's very helpful because she, you know, eats hundred percent plant-based, whereas mine's a little more flexible. And so the connection to the plants is, I think the really great starting point of that in thinking about, you know, where your food has been and, and the story that it tells, because a lot of times we just grab our food from the grocery store you know, follow the recipe that we see in the cookbook or on the internet. And it's just another long list on thing to do on the to-do list. And instead of really connecting to where they came from. So I think it's another opportunity for those micro self-care moments, just like we mentioned with the lunch and setting aside that, you know, 15 to 20 minutes for yourself and really thinking about your food and connecting with it. The same thing when you are preparing it and and using plants, because, you know, vegetables and fruits and the herbs and the spices that we use are all plant-based. So that is a common thread that we all share generally when we're preparing these meals. And especially if you're cooking from root nourish, it's all plant-based, but, you know, even thinking like the sweet potatoes that you're chopping up and, and thinking about where they came from and the journey that they, they took to get to your house in your hands as you're chopping them and the herbs, right. Smelling them, taking time to even close your eyes, maybe and smell and taste and really tap into all your senses is a really great way, I think, to connect to the earth, especially as we're coming into winter. Sometimes it's hard to get outside and feel that connection because it's cold. You want to be inside. And that doesn't mean that we have to be disconnected. It's just a different way. And that's why you know, what we advocate for in Root and Nourish is, is food and plant-based food specifically is really one of the best ways to get to know yourself better through getting to know the earth better. That was a, a beautiful explanation, I think. And to the point of a, a sort of single plant diets, um, 
the idea behind that is to really help foster um, a connection with tasting our food, which is another thing that's sort of a lost art in our very busy lives when we're just sort of eating because something is supposed to be good for us or eating in a, a, a not very mindful way because we're busy or overwhelmed or sort of just putting things together in a way that doesn't take into consideration what we actually need and what we're attracted to. And so simplifying our meals in that way, and that's a sort of like minimalist understanding of, of how we can cook, simplifying the meals to include a, hand, a handful of ingredients where you can really understand how those specific tastes and flavors and herbs, you know, in our book, we talk a lot about the more medicinal properties of herbs, which can be a sort of foreign concept if you haven't uh, played around with that or thought of food in that way um, before, but herbs really, and all foods really affect us on a deep level. And so if you know that, oh, when I eat this, I sort of have this weird reaction or I don't feel so great, or I feel really great when I eat that, that can happen across the board with even something like herbs and spices. And so when we simplify the number of things that we're including in our meals, we can have a clearer sense of what our reaction to those foods are and whether they're right for us or whether they're maybe something that we should have in more moderation or avoid because it doesn't jive with our unique system. And so simplifying meals in that way and using uh, fewer plant-based ingredients can help to foster that connection with food and that intuition that we really advocate for in Root and Nourish. Absolutely. And I do want to talk about, you mentioned in your book, your top five herbs and spices to have on hand to balance health concerns. And I think this is something that could be really practical. Just how can we be more intentional and simplify this area? You don't have to go through all five. I'm just curious to know maybe your favorites. I mean, we, our list overlaps a little bit. Uh, we both love cinnamon. I think cinnamon is the greatest spice slash herb slash med, you know, plant-based medicine that we have at our disposal. It tastes good. It has a lot of you know, healing antioxidant properties, properties to it. And, you know, with the season, allspice is another good one there to add, you know, cloves, um, you know, and Jennifer, you want to add the other ones? Yes. So we talked a lot about um, cilantro, which is a really lovely fresh herb to use. And the dried version R is uh, called coriander. Some folks have a little bit of a, a distaste for cilantro. And so as an alternative to cilantro, you might enjoy something like dill or parsley, but just a sort of fresh green herb. Um, we also talked a lot about salt and salt mm -hmm. is not... Um, an herb or a spice per se, it's a mineral. Um, and there are tons of varieties of salt, but from an Ayurvedic perspective and also a, a general herbalism perspective, salt is an incredibly um, important nutrient and food that we should be consuming on a regular basis. It's warming, it's softening, it helps retain moisture. And so um, that little pinch of salt um, that we all sort of take for granted a little bit um, and even have had some, you know, uh, less, less positive stories around salts, um, around our health, um, salt is really essential for our bodies to stay alive. And so a pinch of salt can really transform a meal and do a lot for our body's ability to, to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think it depends on the type of salt too. Like I specifically yes. <laughs> use the pink Himalayan sea salt. And mm -hmm. there's just a lot of really great minerals healing and properties and yeah. within it. Yep. So yeah. pay attention to the quality of the salt for sure. All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we had got through everything that you wanted to discuss with listeners today. We worked our way through my questions, but I just wanted to open the floor to you if you had any more encouragement for listeners. I think something to keep in mind is that uh, 
a little bit goes a long way with this holistic lifestyle. Um, especially when we're coming into the new year, a lot of us have a lot of um, grand intentions and big plans for sort of overhauling our lives and, you know, making us ourselves feel better and, you know, living in a different way and doing one small thing um, is often a really wise place to start um, rather than thinking and expecting to make a lot of changes. It's actually, you know, making change in a very uh, drastic way can actually be a disservice to, to your health because it's too, it's too dramatic. It's a little bit like whiplash is happening inside of your, your mind and your body. And so making, starting small with, um, manageable, reasonable things. Maybe it's uh, swapping out your morning coffee for an herbal tea, or just taking a few moments to drink your coffee or your tea mindfully, rather than sort of drinking it on the go can really make a huge difference in terms of um, how you feel in your body and your ability to connect with those things. I think coffee is a great example because many of us, uh, myself included, you know, love the ritual of coffee. And after a certain amount of time, it could almost become a um, just a, a habit that we don't even understand, like why we're doing it, or if it really tastes good, or what what's the benefit? What is the enjoyment I'm getting from this? And so, when we take those little bits of mindfulness um, throughout the day, we might be able to make some changes that we wouldn't have even thought of making before because we're actually paying attention. So, starting small, you know, if you're interested in moving into this lifestyle and this philosophy, is really the way to go. And don't overwhelm yourself with having to you know, change everything and throw out all your food and get all new food and move to the mountains or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to, to build on that, of you know, go slow, take your time. I like to think of it in terms of having compassion for yourself. And even if you're making the tiniest shift, you know, you're going in the right direction and it doesn't need to be this huge, grandiose lifestyle change. Like Jennifer was saying, because you know, not everybody's that way, but like for me, I have, you know, a tendency to really just jump all in when I, when I learn about something and, you know, that is the opposite of what this type of lifestyle actually advocates for is take your time, be mindful, be intentional about it. And the other part of that is to, you know, learn how to trust yourself. And I think that self-trust is something that naturally unfolds when you start taking that time for your, for your wellness, your health, you tap into this inner knowing and that intuition, that more quiet part of yourself is also very powerful and strong. You know, just because it is more quiet doesn't mean that it's meek and small. I think it allows us to, to come to know ourselves better and lean into the self-trust there, which I then think helps unfold that compassion and that ability to set those boundaries and really, you know, make a commitment to, to better health and doing it on your own terms. Absolutely. And okay, Abby, I do have a quick last question for you. I'm sorry, I didn't prompt you for this. But I'm wondering what this looks like applied to children. Do you practice this with your children? And I guess, how do you apply that, especially if your kids are picky? Yes. Yeah. And that's actually a question I get quite a bit. And that the, the concept of going small and having compassion and not trying to be forceful of things, I think really applies here because I have three little boys and they can be pretty picky and they love to eat, you know, chicken nuggets and French fries and macaroni and cheese, just like a lot of other little kids do. And so for me, I've always tried to think of ways, you know, how can I make this approachable? You know, I can make them smoothies. I like to put green things into a lot of foods that we're eating. And from a young time, just introducing, you know, cooked vegetables and, 
and just teaching them about like why it's important. And then, you know, I have them help me make like herbal preparations. Like we make elderberry syrup together. They love doing it. And then, you know, it's become a little ritual of my youngest one. He likes to take a little cap full of elderberry syrup every day. And he loves it because he got to take part in the creation of it. And they're then, you know, getting this experience, the hands-on work with the herbs. Like yesterday, he's like, mom, when I get home, can you make me some tea? Because of that ritual part that Jennifer was talking about that the element of that is just really comforting and cozy and and I think they can feel that connection to the earth too so Mm -hmm. yeah just taking like find something small that works and invite them into the ritual with you and I think that's a great place to start and educate them and then Jen do you have any tips here yeah I mean I work a lot with moms and I think that that's one of the things like Abby's describing that sort of Mm -hmm. connection with your children it's it imprints in them you know, that's a form of nourishment in and of itself. You know, that moment of connection, that ritual with a loved one um, is just as much food with, with small children as, as the actual food is. I think children, children want to have things that are natural thing. Children enjoy playing outside. They enjoy sort of being a little bit less programmed and less prescribed. Um, and our society and our world has just sort of moved us in that direction where that's the messages that they're getting. And so the more that we can encourage this sort of more natural, cyclical, rhythmic way of being when it's, whether it's about sleep or eating or mealtimes or play or, you know, any of those sorts of things, it's all going to foster a stronger connection to nature within them. That's going to stay with them for a long time. And building that rhythm into their bodies from a young age, it's just going to be a wonderful foundation for their health uh, long-term. So, you know, you could think about that as sort of medicine that you're giving your kids from the time they're, they're little to help them stay healthy, no matter what happens the rest of their lives. Definitely. Yeah. I'm really glad we touched on this. I'm glad that we ended on that note because obviously this is a mom's podcast. So Guys, where can listeners connect with you online? Where can they buy a copy of your new book? So we have a website, um, rootandnourish.com, that has all of the resources for where to buy the book. It's available everywhere books are sold. Um, We recommend folks check it out on bookshop.org because that supports local independent booksellers. Um, But it's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much everywhere. Um, And on rootandnourish.com, you can also connect to our online um, community uh, where we host monthly events, uh, monthly free events uh, with uh, other herbal and holistic practitioners. Um, And there's just a sort of ongoing conversation about holistic lifestyle. So it's a really lovely group of people um, who are at all different phases of their wellness journey. And we just share a lot of fun articles and recipes and and questions and products. So it's a great place to connect with us. Um, We also have a page for uh, the book on Instagram. It's on Root and Nourish book is the handle. Um, And each of us have our own websites. Uh, Mine is just my name, jennifercardilla.com. And Abby's is thebutterhalf.com, where you can find out more about our individual work. Great. Well, thank you both again for joining me today. I highly recommend your cookbook. Like I said, not only is it beautiful, but it has a lot of practical tips to getting back to basics, which it's something that I was very curious about this year, just wanting to get back to simplicity and how bodies were living in the past. So I'm so happy to have had you here today to discuss some of this stuff with us. And I hope people connect with you online. Thank you, Diane. What did you think of the episode? I'd love to know 
what you learned from this episode. Maybe I'll put a question box up on Instagram at some point next week. I would love to know what you learned, what your big takeaways were, and if you thought this episode was helpful. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find the links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you again for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely weekend as you think more and do with less.